Hey everyone, this is Anthony with Interviews with Everyday People. Uh, we're here for our, our, our second episode of season four. This will be 117, I believe. I always keep, I always lose track of the numbers. There's too many shows. That's a good problem to have, though, that you have that many. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's awesome. Uh, sitting here with John Seesock. Yep. Yeah, uh, he is a local business owner in School County. Um, mm -hmm. Black Rock Trucks and Equipment. I kept yes, reading sir. your shirt and we're talking about local businesses, and I kept <laughs> saying Black Rock because there's a lot of Black Rock and Black Diamonds and coal, everything. Coal region. Yeah, coal region. They, they, we lean into it, and I think it's a good thing we do. Um, we're going to learn about you as a, as a person and your amazing career in the monster truck world, which is super exciting to talk about. I know a little bit, but I know a lot. So we'll kind of maybe you can teach us some stuff oh, yeah. when it comes to monster trucks. You would you'd be the one to teach us. You've, yeah, you've been doing it a while. Over half of my life I spent yeah. by the steering wheel. <laughs> um, and then we'll we'll kind of lean into your business here now, what you do, and, mm -hmm. and and maybe maybe have some people come check you out. That'd be awesome. Yeah, uh, I, I was here. Maybe Heidi, how long ago was it? You guys had like a like a flea market. Like yeah. You would shut down the, you would shut open up the garage and have local businesses come mm. in and people some food trucks sell. and stuff. Yeah, it was a really cool event. My buddy Scotty, who I helped promote his movie, had a, a little table set down here and they mm. did like something for their movie. It was a really cool event. I was like, this is awesome. It's a cool thing where a local business has the space for it and like you kind of open it up almost like a little flea market type. Yeah, deal. there was a lot of people involved in that whole thing. Uh, Joel Thurs has been a friend of mine. He has his own place now. Yeah. Uh, down 61 and uh, some people in town it, it, there was nothing for the, the vendors the, the craft vendors to do because of COVID mm -hmm. uh, we have a 12,000 square foot building here uh, it happened to be a perfect weather we had um, people inside people outside the food trucks were here and uh, it was a good time we had a T102 was here doing a live broadcast and always have fun with Jay-Z and, and Chaz and them guys on the radio so it's just a good time for everybody yeah that, that's a that's a hopefully a collab one day but they haven't been returning my messages uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're both in the media world man I'm trying to trying to get my name out there you I, know? I remember we were saying about your net worth is based off your network yeah I have connections um, yeah. maybe, maybe I could hook you up with that <laughs> I, I, they might have be mad at me I, I had a bunch of people spam their Facebook page to play crowbot songs one time mm -hmm. but I was like hey man we're a local band I think you should be playing some of their tunes here I don't there. think they knew that you were local yeah. I think that's what, they didn't know how local, local was. Yeah. I think, I, uh, I think it would be a good thing to, to, to network with them because I think I have my finger on the pulse pretty heavily with the local stuff. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the things, this is not a, a knock, but I think that's one thing they lack in right now. I don't think they have, they have their finger on the local sports, but I think with local business and, and, and local arts and musicians and bands and stuff like that, I think really help them out. Dude, there's so much phenomenal things in our area that people don't even know about mm -hmm. and stuff like you're doing. Um, helps bring it to light. Yeah. I mean, there's some great people, a lot of talent that never, they don't shine because they don't want to be shined um, yeah. uh, or just do it because they love to do it. But there is a lot of phenomenal things in this area that yeah. nobody knows about. I think the biggest thing is a lot of people don't realize that they are talented because in this area, like a lot of people don't support as much as they probably should. They're, they're willing to support I guess like the the bigger people and the bigger names, and then there's people in your backyard who are just as good. And are like, oh, because you're from this area, you can't be as good. And it's so <laughs> further from the truth. You can I could go on a huge rant on that one. Yeah. <laughs> Growing up, I come from a big family. Um, you know, we didn't have a lot of money or nothing, and my mom and dad worked hard to try to support six kids and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had to stream. So I want to be a monster truck driver and. Growing up, it was always, you can't do that. Look at them guys on TV. You know, you come from Schuylkill County. You come from Frackville. You're poor. All this stuff. There was a million people saying how I couldn't do something. And the, the truth is, that's so so much bullshit. It, it builds <laughs> is, walls Am I allowed ceilings. to say bullshit? Yeah, you can curse all you okay, want. Okay, that's so much bullshit. Because <laughs> yeah. anything is possible if you want it bad enough. Yep. Um, 
if you, if you want it bad enough to, you'll find a way. Um, there, you, know, you, you can't do this because of where you're from. I've been around the world seven times. I've been in a lot of countries, um, been in every state, you know, all this stuff. And um, I would come back home. This is my hometown. This is where I was born and raised. There is good and bad everywhere, no matter where you go. And you don't realize that until you leave the area. People here say, well, you got to go to New York if you want to be something. Go to New York, they say, you got to get out in the country if you want to be something. Mm -hmm. You go to London, they say, you got to be in New York. Everybody thinks you got to be someplace else but where you're at. Yep. You know, and if you take it back, take a little step back and look around what you have in your area, you can be successful. It doesn't matter where you're at. And with the power of the internet. Oh, now, it, yeah. you know, now there's no reason to not have your dream come true. You could be in your basement and make oh, a video. And without a doubt. Go, like, what, what are those guys now, the, the, uh, those island boys with the crazy hair? Those two idiots. They're, 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 they're millionaires. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, thank God for them. They gave us a lot of good jokes. Yeah. I, I posted one on Facebook about two cows had hats on. They looked like the island boys. And I put down, <laughs> yeah. I wrote something stupid about it. But uh, it, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't hate them. I mean, they're, they, they got what I'm trying to go for, right? Some, some exposure. Uh, maybe not in the same way I'd go about it, but they, they did it. They, yeah, they're doing yeah. what they want to do. So there's no crime in doing something that you, you love. Yeah. Um, unless it's something bad that like you shouldn't be doing. But yeah. um, there, there's so many opportunities out there. And for people to get uh, pigeonholed because of where you're at or what your last name is or you don't dress right, I, I would go to schools and do public speaking every every week. I would be in another city, and I'd go to uh, schools and talk about kids doing their dream, following mm -hmm. dreams, trying to inspire them. Um, one big thing we did with the Grinder Monster Truck was um, our tagline was "Inspire, Serve, and Grow." Mm -hmm. You know, you want people, you want to inspire people to follow their dreams. Um, they, you'd be surprised at how many people just don't believe that they can be anything because of where they're at, and, yeah. and that's the biggest bull out there. Um, and I grew up it. You know, one thing I knew. When I, was, when I started doing this stuff, I didn't want to be, I didn't want anybody to feel the way I felt. I was always intimidated. I was always, um, I'm not good enough to be there. I'm not good enough to do that. And I'll be afraid to walk up to somebody or uh, I never felt like I fit in. And I didn't want to ever do that. So I made sure from day one, any fan that I had, I treated them as if they're the only fans. Um, and, it, and I also treated them as if, if I was, if my kid wanted to come talk to somebody, I'd want to have a certain interaction. I want them to have something that inspires them and makes them believe in themselves. So I always tried to be that guy. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, one of the things I found researching you is that that's one of the biggest things that I think really kept. It's funny that you have to re that you yeah. research me. That's something uh, I would never think th of. <laughs> that that was the biggest thing that came up is like your your interaction with your fan base is the way you, when you would go like alive on your page or when you were, had autograph signings or when you were at events, you, you really took your time out to make sure that the fans all felt like they were welcome there. And I think that's what really shined for you. If it wasn't for them, I'd have to have a real job. Yeah. Yeah, I get, to, I get paid to drive a big truck yeah. and wreck and crush things and travel <laughs> around the world. And uh, I mean, I was living a dream. Yeah. You know? Well, let's rewind here a little bit. Where uh, where did this passion for, for like, how, did, how, does a, how does a kid from Frackville find monster trucks and find out that's the passion you want to take? Uh, so there's two versions. I'll give you the G version of this whole thing. <laughs> um, growing up, I never had any money. Mm -hmm. You know, um, like everybody else in there, everybody, parents are working hard to provide for their kids and stuff like that. I lost friends who came from some money and stuff and, and did okay. And uh, we would hang out at the Acme parking lot in, in town here back probably before you were born. Mm -hmm. um, there was an Acme store in town where the Rite Aid is. And that was our thing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't know that was an Acme. Uh, young punk. <laughs> um, uh, we would all hang out there at night and I had friends that had fast cars and all that stuff. And I, I bought a truck off my dad 
and I jacked it up and it was pretty ratty, but it was mine and um, they'd be sitting there bragging how fast their cars are and stuff and they, how they could do this and um, the girls would flag me down and say, hey, let's go four wheeling, you know, yeah. so I was able to get, have more girlfriends with a big truck than I was, than you would with a fast car. Um, and and that, that's what always started. Like I never fit in any group, you know, I, in school, I, I dunked a basketball when I was a freshman, but I wasn't cool enough to be a jock. Yeah. Um, I went to Voltec, but I didn't fit in with the Voltec kids. I, it was an ac I took academic classes, but I wasn't cool enough to fit in with the eggheads. Like I never fit in any group, you know, and I and I'm only using those terms this as to try to explain that. I see a lot of parallels in myself here. I I, 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 ne I never fit in. Yeah. I, I really didn't. And um, monster trucks was something that nobody was really doing. And it's something I liked, the, the technology uh, that's behind it. Even back in the beginning, you know, you're taking a 10,000 or 15,000 pound truck and crushing cars with it and doing all kinds of crazy stuff. I, I mean, now we're, I could jump my building here and, yeah. wa and walk away from it. Um, it's amazing what you could do with these. I mean, we're doing backflips, you know, yeah. which is pretty cool. It's, uh, so I've never been able to fit in any certain group, really helped to push me into what I wanted to do. When's the first time you've seen monster trucks on like TV or? Um, I, uh, it was, uh, I think ABC Sports, they had Bigfoot on there. Um, and I seen that and I get the magazines and see them and stuff. And I always liked big trucks. And there was a lot of cool big trucks in our area back then, um, but nothing monster truck, but all street legal big trucks. My, uh, my buddy, a good friend of mine, his mom worked at the Acme and um, the monster trucks were down in Philadelphia at the Spectrum. We wanted to go see it, so we talked him into talking his mom into letting us borrow her car, and we told her that we were going to the mall. We just didn't tell her that the mall was in Philadelphia. Yeah. You didn't lie about the mall. No, we did not. because yeah. we. She didn't ask where. Exactly, so it's not really my fault. Um, <laughs> but we got to Philadelphia, we drove through the mall to go through the parking lot just to say that he didn't have to say he lied because we, we went to the mall. Um, and it was kind of a funny story about the whole thing, but he was really worried about lying to his mom, and. You know, uh, we went to Spectrum and saw the monster trucks and Bob Chandler was there, a Bigfoot. I waited for an autograph and told him I wanted to build a truck. And uh, he gave me some good advice, gave me a business card, said, if you have any questions, give me a call. And uh, ever since that, we've been best of friends. I mean, I've nothing but respect and love for, you know, all the Bigfoot guys, Gravedigger, all them guys out there, because it's, it's a neat family to be part of. Mm -hmm. um, and. They're always, everybody, I, get, I still get asked, how do you get involved and how do you do this? Or, you know, I want to be a driver, I want to be a crew guy or whatever. And uh, you always try to help somebody follow their dreams. And that's what Bob did to me. He gave me that chance. Yeah. I think a lot of people see uh, something like that. Like, I'll just like the parallel of podcasting here. Like, people think, oh, you need to have, like, the Joe Rogan money. And the Joe, I'm like, yeah, that's... You, I said, most of the equipment Joe Rogan has, I, I own. You know what I mean? Like, and it, it just, when you first start the ground level, you got to do a lot of the work yourself and you don't have the person to do this stuff for you. So technically you can go buy a truck and then just buying the kits and raising it and lifting it and getting the right tires and stuff. So you can get yourself into the, into the show, right? Essentially without a company saying like, well, here's a truck, go drive it for us. Yeah. I mean, it, there's a lot of ways to get involved and you can teach just like what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, you can teach somebody how to turn the cameras on, how to hold a microphone, how to ask questions. But you can't teach personality. Mm -hmm. you, know, you can't teach um, realism. You can't teach passion. That's something either you have or you don't. Um, with the monster trucks, the same way. I could teach somebody to drive a truck in five minutes, but you can't teach somebody to actually care about the fans. You can't teach somebody to want to perform for the fans. You know, we looked at it as 
the world the world sucks right now, and it um, it goes up and down through bad things, cycles and stuff. And people would come see us for to forget about how bad their problems are for two and a half hours a night and live kind of vicariously through what we were doing and be entertained. Um, in my mind, I wanted to, if I paid twenty dollars for a seat, and I, I I would try to entertain for what I thought. You know, I'd want to see if I was sitting in that stand. Yeah. You know, I'd want a driver that's going to pay attention. I'd want a, a driver with an interview that would actually come from his heart. You know, Dennis was always known for, you know, uh, thank you guys, you paid for every shingle on my roof, and you know, and he actually meant that. You know, because the, the, if it wasn't for the fans, we wouldn't be out there doing that stuff. No, when you say Dennis. Dennis Anderson, Grave Digger. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's um, yeah, like all the drivers were very sincere. Um, very, uh, it meant. A lot for us that people actually come. I mean, I, I've met a lot of people, and I met some really cool people, and had some opportunities that are just hard to comprehend. But there's nobody I'd ever want to wait for an autograph for. And I've had people wait five, six hours for my autograph, which blows me away. I mean, because I, you know, again in my mind, I'm John from Frackville, from Schuylkill County. You know, why the hell would anybody want my autograph? And it, it just was amazing to me to even, even have that happen. Real humbling. Yeah. So your first truck and, and getting into this uh, into the sport, how does that how does that process go about? So we, I uh, was in a car accident. Um, actually, I took my street truck and I tore it apart. Uh, so I wanted to build a monster truck. So I bought tires, I bought parts and stuff. I was doing it in my dad's driveway. Um, and then I was in a, a car accident. I got some a little bit of, a little bit of money, not not a whole lot, but real little. Um, and I was able to buy a truck that was half started. Cut the truck. Um, did some more stuff to it, and we went put it on the road. I had no idea what I was doing, no clue. Uh, I look at it, it's a big truck, how hard can it be? You know, run over stuff, can't be that bad. Um, never realized that you have to learn how to um, be a, a lawyer, you have to learn how to do marketing, you have to learn how to be an accountant, you have to learn uh, social media, you have to learn um, public speaking, and there's so much more that, that goes to that than just holding a steering wheel. Yeah, well, I think that's that. That's a testament to saying that you've seen the bigger picture to it. Some people just focus on, I want to be a quarterback, or I want to be a soccer player, or I want to be a basketball player, and they get their three-pointer down where they don't miss a shot ever, and then they get in front of their camera and they do their first interview, or they have to put themselves over on social uh, media, uh, uh, and, um, they, and they, don't know how to, they, they freeze. Yeah. And that's a big thing, too. You could be one of the greatest in the world, but if you can't carry yourself outside that realm, you can, you can falter. Yeah, I mean, and that's so important. And, and to be sincere about what you're talking about, you, the, the way we all looked at it, the fans deserve to have the truth. They deserve to have realism. Um, you could spend your money anywhere, any place you want to go, and they take the time and spend the money to come see us. They deserve to be treated like they're one, one in a million because they really are. Uh -huh. uh, we would, when we would give our interviews and we would thank the fans and stuff, it was from the heart. It was very sincere and, and meant a lot. And even to this day, I mean, we, it's something I thought, I thank God every day for the opportunities and the blessings I had. You know, it just, it blows me away sometimes I sit back and think, or somebody will send me a, an email or a picture and, you know, uh, it's hard to put that in words how important that whole thing was and how much it meant to me. Yeah. Um, now there is different, is there different circuits to monster truck racing? I, I know that I, I found the USH RA, and then there's another one that you you were a part of. So, is there different tiers or? No, there's one tier. It's um, basically it's all about putting butts in the seats. Mm -hmm. You know, if um, you uh, the, it's, the, there's a promoters out there, 
just like in wrestling that you have a promoter mm -hmm. and a promoter will hire the the talent the drivers trucks or um to come in and and then you you do the the event um the more popular you are the more money you're worth because it's if more people want to see you then you know the promoter could you know charge more money and put more get bigger venues filled and stuff like that there's a lot of promoters out there there's some bigger ones like uh, monster jam which was ushra at one time uh and there's a lot of other promoters who do just a phenomenal job like bloomsburg the truck show yeah that's a promoter that does that show uh, down in Carlisle, um, this is promoters that just do fairs and this, um, and, and being a truck owner, you have to be a promoter also because you make a lot of money doing displays and public appearances and stuff like that with your truck. So you have to promote yourself when, with all that. But um, it's all about uh, putting butts in the seats. You know, the more popular, the more people want to see you. Uh -huh. the, what, the, what was your first truck, and what was your? Do you remember your first show you got involved? Oh or? hell yeah! And I was way over my head. Yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, my first truck was Sudden Impact. It was a 70, 86 Ford. Um, and you said you kind of modeled that off of... Well, I, my first truck I started building was a 74 Ford, my street truck, and that was the same as Bigfoot. Yeah. It just happened to work out that way, and I realized it's the same truck. I'm like, oh, cool. Mm -hmm. yeah. I remember driving out of Frackville, um, and I, my, my truck was jacked up and everything, and it was a station wagon, you know, with the old wood grain down the side, kids hanging out the window and stuff, and... A kid was hanging out the window and he's yelling, look, daddy, it's Bigfoot. And I, I remember looking down and I'm like, yeah, man, I wish. You yeah. know, never realizing that I would be where I ended up being. Mm -hmm. um, my first show was in Boyertown. Real quick, driving around Frackville, would the local police mess with you having a big truck or? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm born and raised here, so I know all the cops. I'm yeah. friends with all of them. Nothing but love and respect for them guys. I just guys. couldn't imagine the neighbors seeing a guy putting a huge truck oh. in their front yard. <laughs> it, 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 was, it, was, it was a funny. Every time it was a block party and the new cadets came out, like for state police, um, it was actually on Goodwill Fire Company, whatever block party was, it was always around that same time. I'd get pulled over and get the tape measure out, measure my bumper height and stuff. And I'm like, you know, it doesn't grow when it rains. It passed last week. It's yeah. going to pass this week, uh -huh. you know. Um, if I was uh, on a date, and um, especially a first date with a girl, the cops would pull me over, you know, measure my truck, you know, cap me up against the truck, you know, and just screwing around, having a good old time. And it was, it's one cool thing about living here. We That stuff happens. Yeah. You know, you're friends with everybody. You can joke and have a good time. And... Uh, it was awesome. It was funny, you know, the, the look on a girl's face when you get pulled over by a cop on a, on a first date, and, uh, and then they're laughing at you, you know, because they think it's funny, and it is funny. Um, but yeah, I used to get pulled over a lot. Yeah, the cops definitely learned the vehicles in their area, and they can see when it's a local vehicle in an out-of-town area. You still got like a sore thumb. Bad. Yeah. 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 Um, but it was it was fun though. It was cool to be able to uh, grow up that way. You know, it's something I wish my kids were able to grow up having that opportunity to be able. To, you can't yeah. even have tinted windows anymore. Uh, can you imagine having a... Yeah, you're not legally. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, mess you, they mess with you for your windows. I couldn't imagine a, a, a Bigfoot truck dropping down the street. Yeah. I mean, it was it was pretty big. I mean, for the back, especially back then, it was a big street truck. Um, there were some ones that were bigger. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was always a good magnet. Yeah. You know, I... All right, well, let's get to, back to your first show here. Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, that's fine. I wanted to go local there for a second. Um, I, so I got a phone call. Um, there's a show in Boyertown called Fun Days. And uh, there was a monster truck that was supposed to be there, but they broke down on the way there. And um, I was asked if I wanted to fill in. I'm like, yeah, no problem. How bad can it be? Never crushed a car before. Driven the truck around some potters parking lot back there. I used to go back on the weekends and practice driving and stuff. Um, we get down to the show, and it turns out 
this little fair had 7,000 people, not 700. <laughs> like I was told, oh, it's a small fair. Um, so I was intimidated from the get-go. Uh, I line up to this people down at this field, and I have cars set up in the middle, and I go to start crushing the cars. And even though you're in a, a truck 10 feet off the ground, a car looks like it's 20 feet high when you're going to run into it. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking, man, what did I get myself into? You know, and uh, ran up in the cars, and it put the front end in the air and came down on the cars. Like, okay, that wasn't too, too bad. Backed up, did it again a little bit harder. And like the third time I, I jumped and got on top of the cars and started crushing them. Back then, we, were, we would crush cars. It wasn't like it is today where we're jumping houses and stuff. Um, and we did the show and I, the whole time I, I was way over my head. I was so nervous and intimidated and didn't know what to do. I had, you know, back then we didn't want to wear helmets because it messed our hair up. You know, it, was, it took too long to get it off the wave to the fans. Yeah. Um, but that was my very first car crush, and I had no clue. Now, when you're crushing cars at this point in time, are they legit, like, you take a car out of a, a junkyard, throw it there, and... Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah. now, I, I don't want to mess illusions up or anything, like, but as a pro wrestling fan, like, obviously, back in the day when you go through a table, you get hit with a steel chair... Nine times out of ten, they were legit tables and legit chairs, and now they're kind of like worked and gimmicked. Like, are, now are some of the cars like you see, like they look like they've been crushed before they even got there. Like the frames are taken out of some of them. Are uh, now some of the cars they oh, they'll knock down the pillars. Yeah. But back, to, like I'd rather have a fresh car. I, I don't like when they knock that stuff down. Um, only thing we would do is you take the gas tank out. Um, you let the air out of tires because you don't want the car rolling around anywhere. And back when they had carburetors. Uh, you had a, uh, a stud that stuck up through the carburetor, you put your air filter on. We would get the hammer and we'd break that stud because if you land it on top of the hood, you can uh, put a hole in your tire mm -hmm. from that, that stud. So that's about, and we knocked the glass out. So you, you want glass flying, anybody get yeah. hurt. That was about it. Yeah. It's like, like so in wrestling terms, like when you get a table, you take the, you take the, the, the skirt off. So, because that doesn't, obviously, that's not going to break. You're going to cut yourself on it. Mm -hmm. uh, so, there is certain things you do to a car that, so you don't damage your own product or your own um, vehicle. Yeah, minimal. Yeah. Um, it's just like you don't want to put a hole, you know, hole in a tire. Yeah. Um, and you don't want glass flying. I know. Regular tires for my, my 2000 Chrysler are expensive. I can't even imagine what a monster truck tire is. Um, <laughs> my, the most expensive ones I had were Ukraine tires that came from Ukraine, and they were $32.50 a piece. Jeez. Um, <laughs> but the bad part was you had to buy 20 at a whack. They had to, you had to get a whole sea container for them. So you could just get one or four. You had to get them shipped here. You had to get a whole sea container. What What is changing a monster truck tire and tail? Like, what is what is that? Depends if there's food involved. <laughs> yeah. So like my like when I had my my stuff, well, even all, all the way through, um, if you put the truck next to the trailer, and we're gonna go to dinner after we're done changing tires and get the truck loaded up, we would have it in the tires and truck in the trailer. The tractor's already building air, and within about a half hour, um, you can do it pretty fast. Yeah. Uh, there's different techniques to doing it. The tire weighs about 700 pounds. Um, we made a jack, electric jack. You go underneath it, a button, you pick the truck up. Uh, sometimes you would use rollers, um, like on a conveyor belt type of thing. Yeah. You could put them and put the tires on top of it and roll them out. Uh, an easy, easy trick is getting a, a plastic mud flap or a cookie sheet. You put that down on the ground and get some Dawn dish soap. Put some dish soap on a, the, the tray. Put it, let the tire rest on there, and you can spin the tire and walk it back and forth. Oh, wow. Um, but if you're hungry, like I usually am, I just do it by hand. It's bullet, boom, boom, and get it off the truck. Yeah. You know, boom around and stuff. That's great. I remember being a kid going to my first monster truck show. We'll, I'll, I'll dive back into a second here. But, like, the, the big thing with the kids is sitting in the rim. Yeah, in the rims, yeah. Yeah, because yep. a kid can stand in the rim of a truck because mm -hmm. it's so big. But 
Yeah. Yeah. There's so many cool things about a truck. Some people don't even realize there's more moving parts on a monster truck than there is any other race vehicle. Yeah. And the uh, forces that we go through, that technology is used in a lot of safety, I guess, FI safety features and stuff like the harnesses, um, you know, the seats, things like that. I mean, it's amazing the, how far all that information travels. Yeah. It's it, one of the questions I had before we got on camera, uh, I'd ask Carrie and for the listeners, how, what is the physical limitation? Like, being in a car accident obviously is one thing you're jumping a truck in the air almost you know a couple of feet and jump and landing on top of other cars you're doing these big jumps you're doing front flips and back flips like i know those trucks have good shocks and everything but eventually that has to that has to take a toll on your body right uh yeah i mean but you, there's a lot of safety put into it um i always i used the, what they called an r3 it's like a hans device that stops your head from going forward and that was that was kind of not newer but that came out after the later thing. oh yeah 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 um I also used a neck hauler, a thick pad. So on my helmet, I had two D-rings. One would, I'd pull down so I couldn't go this way because the neck hauler supported the weight of my helmet. And then the R3 wouldn't let me go forward and back. The problem is you get so tight in there, your envelope is so well protected that your outside doesn't move, but your inside does. So if you're watching a sprint car driver wreck, you see they call it red-eyed. Um, it's because your internal organs are smashing off your skull and stuff. Um, so that's the forces you get. Mm -hmm. uh, we had X, Y, and Z boxes put on our trucks in um, Hagerstown, Maryland, by the um, Army Corps engineer, Navy Corps engineers, because they're having problems with helicopter pilots getting hurt coming on, on a 10G landing. Um, in 90 seconds, we had um, we had um, 10 hits. Uh, we had 10G hits, um, like I don't know, 15 10G hits in 90 seconds, and um, they couldn't produce that kind of. G-forces on a, um, and got a testing. So you end up selling that information at John, John Hopkins University. Um, hitting a, a fresh car is like hitting a, having it been in a 50 mile an hour car accident. Yeah. Um, and it's, it, the, the key is the, to be relaxed. Like I, I could fall asleep in my truck. I could, there's a lot of times before in a stadium and stuff, I'll be so relaxed that my crew guy come over and wake up, you know, yeah. I'll be in there snoring, um, <laughs> just being all chilled and, and mellow. Yeah. Uh, the jumps that look like they should hurt don't. And the ones that, look like they're nothing the ones that rattle your cage yeah. so like around here if you go to mohegan sun um and you're in this in an arena uh those jumps hurt they're the ones that do the most damage because you have, you can't have no run out you're just flying in the air and coming down um like a bloomsburg you know, the big real big air jumps they're they're not as bad because all the force is pushed through the chassis of the truck um it's more like flying a plane than it is driving a truck yeah you wouldn't think it with a a big truck like that but you drive it with finesse um, you can, a lot of times you'll see us, we'll go in the air and hit the brakes. It's like jumping a quad. Hit the brakes, front end comes down. Hit the gas, front end comes up. Same principle with a monster truck. Mm -hmm. Big four auto rotating masses. You can dictate a lot of cool stuff. That's crazy. I, 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 I love doing sky wheelies. And I was always known for doing some pretty awesome sky wheelies. Now the sky wheelies where you're almost yeah, like straight, you're, straight up and, and down. You're and still driving. Or flying across. Yeah. Um, I'd go to like Mohegan Sun. Um, iron wall car that's hitting a fresh car doing a sky wheelie straight up and down and landed it on the last car and then bring it down. Um, and when I do that, I would hit, the first hit would be on the throttle and then I would get off the throttle and back on the throttle again just to give that tires a little bit of time just to stop the rotation. And I would do it so fast that if I watch a video, I, you, I can't hear me doing that, but I know I did it because mm -hmm. you know, things happen so fast and it's so much, um, such a minute change makes such a big difference in how the truck works. You know, 
I mean, I know what I was doing, but I can't hear it. Even yeah. though I know I did it. Now, when you go to these different arenas, obviously sizing is different from one arena to the other. You said Bloomsburg has a bigger spot where you can do more mm -hmm. than Mohican. It's a lot tighter. Um, how does that, uh, like, is there like a test you can go around to kind of get your timing so you're not crashing into the stands mm -hmm. or the, the, all the trucks are lined up, you don't crash into somebody else's truck? Like now, Nowadays, um, they do a, uh, you have a practice run at the stadiums. Um, but that just started in the past couple years. Um, before it was always, you know, you're going to practice when you have people in front of you paying you to, to yeah. do it. You couldn't afford to go out and take it out in the field and, and beat on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just trial and error. You know, you, you learn. Like I, the first backflip I attempted, I landed, and then my foot slipped off the brake, and I ended up hitting the throttle, and I went back upside down again. Well, that hurt, <laughs> and yeah. it wasn't what I wanted. So you realize that that is a bad thing. Um, you, you learn from trial and error. So when you make a mistake, it's, it brings a little bit of pain. Yeah. Is there certain arenas or venues that you would go to that you're like, you just you just know like the back of your hand, like, okay, I know what I can do here because you've, you've learned that timing or spacing and sizing? I got really comfortable. Like, the big arenas are cool because you're getting some big, massive air, um, and you're going really fast. Small arenas are cool if you know how to drive. So when you go to like a Mahagan Center, we'll just use that because it's local, um, it's cool to see somebody who can really drive their truck, whip that thing around, missing the walls, and, and just really having at it, um, it really makes the difference between the men and the boys. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of having somebody back up and doing all this other crazy stuff, you want to be fluent and flying around. And um, I always like to try to hit the diamond vision. I, that was my, me and Charlie Pock and a couple of other guys, that was our, our thing. It was always trying to, that was down just a little bit too low. We tried to tag it with the truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's, that, that's what the exciting part about being a fan is that, that little bit thrill of danger, like, this truck can come into the stands if they mess up. You know what I mean? Like it's you don't want it to happen, but that's kind of like the the adrenaline factor of it. That's your biggest fear. Yeah. Um, and <coughs> they have a thing called an RAI. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, it's called a remote ignition interrupter. So around the arena, there'll be four or five tech officials. They can hit a button, shut the truck off by remote control. Mm -hmm. So if something happened to me and I got hurt, if uh, a fan was someplace they shouldn't be. Um, if something was going wrong, they hit a button, boom, it shut you right off. Really? Yeah. That's crazy. I didn't. I never knew that yeah. was a legit thing. Well, if you look at it, when you're in the truck, you're sitting up, so you're strapped in, and this is what you see. You look out through it. Um, you can't turn your head. You can't do anything. So we have to, we have to trust that the tech officials have everybody cleared off the floor. Nobody's going to be any place they're not supposed to be. Mm -hmm. So I know if I go down here, I can look at this banner. I know I can turn, and nobody's going to be there. Yeah. Um, so we're trusting all that. So if they see something they don't like or somebody someplace not supposed to be, or if something wrong with the truck, boom, hit a button, shut it off remote control. Wow. Yeah, I, I just learned something right there. Um, then you also have a spotter in the car. They're telling you, hey, you have this much space between here and there. Um, no, we have headphones. Mm -hmm. um, we didn't back in the day, but um, later on as things progressed, we had communications with our crew chiefs. So like when I did the backflip in Philly, I wanted to get that within regulation time. Um, so I had my crew chief tell me, I said, let me know when there's 15 seconds left. I want to skeet over to the ramp and try to nail a backflip. Uh, so it came 15 seconds. He's yelling, 15, 15, 15. I'm like, okay. So I, now I know. I line up and uh, we do the backflip and we landed it. And the place was going nuts. It was uh, Lincoln Field in Philadelphia. It was were six, you the first one that day to hit it? Yeah. Yeah. I was the only one that landed it that day. Um, there were 67,000 people screaming. And my crew chief, Ed, uh, you know, he's been with me from day one. Um, so you made it, you made it. I'm like, I know, shut up. I'm trying to drive. <laughs> <laughs> so we'd always be cracking jokes back and forth. And um, yeah, actually, my very first car crush in Boyertown, Ed 
was uh, he built street trucks. He was down there at that, and he became my crew chief that day. And then over the years, um, he just kind of stayed with me. Yeah. Now, the biggest thing with anything is reps and getting your time in and getting that experience. Was there any, I, I know the big thing here is people like to take their, their, their cars and their trucks up the pole lines and drive around the mountains. Did that help you at all, living in this area of, um, of, with, your, with your truck driving? I think what living in this area, what helped me the most was the fact of um, being humble. Yeah. You know, like, like I said before, it's so much more to, to driving than holding, that, just, than holding that steering wheel. And I think growing up in this area where people worked hard every day for their stuff and it made you respect things. You know, like nowadays, um, just paid drivers. They come in, they drive, and that's it. And really don't know how to fix a truck. They don't know what's wrong with it. They don't know anything. Where back then, we didn't have parts just to throw at it. We had to find out why it broke, fix it, make it better, um, and try to make a, produce a better item that won't, won't happen again. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that mentality of coming from around here really made a big difference in us. Even the last day I drove, I always was um, hands-on with setting my shocks. Um, the gas pressure and stuff like that because uh, it's my back it's in a truck. I made it all these years walking upright. I wanted to <laughs> keep on, yeah, and yeah. not be in a wheelchair. What what stood what made you stand apart in your opinion from the rest of the competition uh, throughout your career? I know you said the one thing, but the big thing is staying fluid and staying motion, like instead of backing up going forward. Mm -hmm. Like watching the videos, like on, that you showed me and the ones I watched too, you. Like it was like you're doing the donuts in the Scoville Mall parking lot where you're quick whipping it around and going again. Yeah. And like, what are some other things that really help you stood out? Um, I used to do a thing called a roof walk. Mm -hmm. um, so I would put the truck in gear, and I wasn't as fluffy as I am now. Um, I'd crawl out the window when the truck's moving and stand on the roof of the truck and wave to the fans as we were going down in front of the, the grandstands and stuff like that. And when I was done, I would kind of point to the engine and I would make this big hand motion, and they would shut me off by remote control. So then. You know, then I'd stand on the roof and act up and everything, but yeah. that, that was now, one thing. Now, was that a sudden stop? It would roll. It would go, blah, blah, and it would roll. Okay, so it wasn't like you were getting... <laughs> uh, oh, it did. I mean, there was times that it got hit. It fell off the truck. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was doing it the one time, and uh, it, I ended up going over a little bump, and it was in the track, and hit right when they shut it off, and I lost my balance. I ended up jumping from the roof to the hood to the tire to the ground, like running just one big fluid motion. Everybody thought that was great, and I was just actually running because I didn't want to fall on my face. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But now the first time you do that, did, is there like is the official? Is there officials at a truck truck? Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. did they were like, yo, don't like you can't get out of the truck. Like, was that something uh, that someone's done before, or were uh, you the first? Some, to do some it? people, um, some people thought it was great. Some people like you can't, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, I'm, yeah, I'm under control. And, yeah, you know, and also on the back of the truck, there's a uh, safety shut off. So when, if you ever see when truck wrecks, um, the people run over to the back of the truck and they're pulling something, it's a safety pin. That kills all the power to the, to the vehicle. All they get like an emergency cutoff. Yeah, it mm -hmm. shuts off the engine, shuts off any electrical, everything. So as I, was, I would do that roof walk, there was always a tech official off to the side that um, if something happened, he could always run over and pull that switch too. So there's, always, there's a lot of safety put into it. Mm -hmm. And then I'd get yelled. I, on my Facebook page or Geo Cities back then and... Um, uh, MySpace and all. I always have to put disclaimers on because I get yelled at for, I can't believe you're teaching my son to stand on the roof of a truck. And like, While he's so, driving, yeah. 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 Or I would do photo shoots doing wheelies and stuff with helm uh, motorcycles or quads. And, you know, I can't, you know, you're teaching my son not to have safety stuff. So I have to always write a disclaimer. You know, I'm a, I'm a uh, trained, trained idiot. Trained. Don't be doing this. You know. <laughs> trained professional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And um, it, 
that's a, that was a bad part of being in the, in the public all the time. I could have a million good things said about me. The one negative is the one that festers in my brain. Yeah. And it just eats me up. Any, any publicity is good publicity, I guess, right? But, but it does it does affect you. Yeah. Yeah. I get some every now and then on the comments are like, you all you do is talk about yourself. It's like, well, that's how I relate in conversations. I have to put myself in their shoes. That's just the way my style is. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not trying to make it about myself. That's just how I relate the conversation. More. Yeah, yeah. I, I have that problem. Like, I, I have a lot of good stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of cool things. And I, I try really hard not to be the center of attention. I try not to... I don't want to come across like bragging or like we'll be out somewhere and like it'll be people will supposed to be talking about something and I would love to be able to say, well, yeah, I did that, but I did it in England and or mm -hmm. I did this in Australia and then I'm thinking, man, I'm going to sound like a real dick if I say that, so I just better shut up and listen. I love that kind of stuff because it's, it's, it, it strives for me to be like, oh, cool, I, I hope I can have those experiences and it, those experiences are cool. Like, I, I mean, I haven't had anything to the ex extent of that, but like doing some stuff on the podcast, man. I've, I've had some neat experiences mm -hmm. and people are like, oh, you're, you're bullshit. You're, you're a fibber. You're telling, I'm like, I put, I have these stories. So I put myself in these situations to have them. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, thank God for the internet now. Yeah. Cause nobody would believe half the stuff I said, <laughs> yeah. you know, or my, my boys, are, they know more about it than I do. Like there's things I forgot about that. They remind me that, Hey, you did this. You did, oh yeah. I remember that now. Yeah. Now it's too many shots in the head. I don't know what it is, but, uh, um, you know, they, they remember everything that ha I remember. Have you had any serious injuries with modern drugs? Um, I'm in the double digits in concussions. Yeah. Um, I broken back, broken vertebrae. Um, I had a broken back, and they said it was broken for seven years, and I didn't know it. They were able to tell because of the scar tissue mm -hmm. on it. Um, we, you know, when I, especially when I had sudden impact, I, I would do 50, 57, 60 shows a year. So you're on that adrenaline rush all the time. And you don't feel that pain until you come off that adrenaline rush. Then your body starts tightening up and aching and you know, you start realizing there's some things that aren't right. Yeah, and you said just talking just a, a briefly about how how much safety has changed probably in your your career going from you know just not wearing a helmet because it messed your hair up to the Hans device. Because, oh yeah. Because obviously every sport kind of works with each other. So when something happens, probably in NASCAR, they're probably looking at monster truck as how can we implement that to make our drivers safer as well. NASCAR NASCAR uses a lot of our technology, our harnesses and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, the Navy. You know, mm -hmm. for helicopters. Um, I mean, there's the the forces that are put on, on a, a monster truck chassis and a body is phenomenal. Um, we, uh, it was funny. I uh, I was in St. Louis, and um, they had two school buses on top of five foot pedestals. So the top of the bus is maybe 16 feet high, and they're 100 feet apart. Um, I went and jumped it with the Batman truck, and cleared the hole 100 feet, and came down the backside. And as I came down, when I landed, I went into a slap wheelie. And kind of went hop, put it on the back end, and rode a wheelie right to the wall of the stadium and put it down between Bounty Hunter and a dumpster right at the wall. And the only reason I remember this so clearly is because after I did that, the crew guy came over, and, not the crew guy, one of the tech officials said, They want you to go in the stands. So I was trying to unhook my harness, mm -hmm. and I couldn't because there was so much pressure on it, it wouldn't unhook for me. Well, when I landed that jump, now I'm, I'm in a truck like this, I'm, I'm strapped in over my shoulders, around my waist, between my legs, so I can't move. I have my helmet restraints on. Um, I, we didn't have a, we didn't have a Hans back then, but I had the helmet restraints on with the head, the neck collar. When I landed, as as right as I landed, as a pitcher with the front tires were pushed into the rim, that when it compressed that much, my face is in the steering wheel. So I stretched that far that my head's into the steering wheel, which is not this far away. Um, and then went up into the slap wheel and rolled it to the wall and put it right down at the last minute. Um, and it, um, I never knew it. 
you know, I never realized I stretched that far. Yeah. You know, the harness stretched that far. Um, the pictures, like, they, they use that picture all the time for saying about safety and stuff because of the amount of stretch that was in it. And you you would never think it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, people, people didn't, like, with, with, with uh, I hate to bring it up again, but the Earnhardt thing, people never realized, like, like how much that safety and how much protection you need until that happened and that changed that changed a lot with I, everything when that when that day happened that i was um big big in sfi when all that happened and uh the, there's angles and there's rules for reasons and that was one reason you know because of that accident that things have to be a certain way to certain angles and um you know, I don't want to get in the middle of it because I have a lot of people pissed off at you for yeah. we talk about uh, different wrecks and why things happen and how why people get hurt. But uh, um, you know, safety is a top priority in everything. Like if somebody says you have to have something a certain way, it has to be mm -hmm. you know, for a reason. Yeah, uh, that, I just remember I was huge in the NASCAR at the time and watching Tony Stewart flip the car 16 times down the back straightaway and he walks out of that wreck. Yeah, and then Earnhardt's Earnhardt, wreck. Earnhardt just hits does like a, a teen no, nosedive into the wall. And then they're like, and then you see the ambulance, and they don't say nothing. And then out a couple hours later, like he passed away, and you're like, wait, what? Yeah, it's harness wreck. Like that wreck didn't even look like anything. Mm. You know what I mean? Like it, it was. It, and then that education it was just from the fan to the driver to the future of the business to everything, and just it really opened a lot of people's eyes. Uh, death threats to the Simpson. He yeah. was getting death threats because of it and stuff. Yeah. I mean, it was, it, it was crazy at all. It, it, after we're done this, I'll tell you, <laughs> yeah. off the record, what what really happened, but. Yeah. Uh, um, it's, I it's mean, his helmet didn't help either. He had a, he had a he, he open had, face. He had open face helmet. Um, there was a lot. There was a lot of play there. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you said the Hans device, and as soon as you said it, you're like oh, Earnhardt, because that was kind of like the precursor to his yeah. to his death was that device for for drivers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, it's uh, it's amazing to we. He said Tony Stewart. So we were in, doing a thing called Pro MT racing. We were racing all the NASCAR tracks: Talladega, Darlington, um, Daytona. You know, all these tracks. And um, Tony Stewart, Elliot Sadler, Jimmy Spencer, Jimmy Spencer, and, ha and Hamlin. That's awesome. <laughs> they, they drove. They drove our trucks down in uh, Talladega, and Stewart would have made the field, um, but he got out of the truck and uh, he's like, "I don't know how you guys do this every day." Like he had to spend the whole night in the with the massage therapist and everything, trying to loosen up for the race the next day. Yeah. Jimmy Spencer was a nut. He's a he's a not hometown, but he's a PA boy. Yeah, hometown. Nesca, yeah. Nesca, I mean Nescapec. Nescapec, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I loved him at when he when he what it was it Kyle or Kurt? He punched Kurt. Kurt. Then that was kind of like the end of his career. Didn't he do it at Pocono? He went out of at Pocono uh, or something. I don't know. I don't know. I remember I mean, Jimmy Spencer. He was awesome. <laughs> I, I, I was kind of glad he did it because I was working on a sponsorship and. They took it away from me, so I was, was Jim, when he popped Jim, them, I was kind of happy. Jim, Jimmy drove a car, it was, his car was sponsored by cigarettes, right? Was he driving a cigarette car? Um, was it Camel? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I'm having a brain fart now. Uh, There's a few names in NASCAR that I always like. Him and Dick Trickle. Remember Dick yep. Trickle? Mm -hmm. I don't get older, I get faster. I did yeah. a, I drove a, a cup car up at Pocono for TNN. Really? And I did 183 miles an hour down Long Pond straightaway. And the average... How terrifying is that? It was... Interesting. Um, <laughs> the average speed of the race that year was 185, yeah. which was pretty cool. Um, but you know, I'm I'm driving a car, and I was so worried about stalling it coming out of the pit road because it appeared high, and I think I'm going to look like an idiot, you know, if I stall this thing. And once we got going, he, it's weird because you fight the car, but w when you get to a certain speed and you hit your marks, it's like on a rail. It just 
goes through and you, when it's you hit force yeah mm-hmm. it's just like whipping right through it and uh, you get you can feel the push when you're drafting somebody um you can get that close to the wall the air pushes you back off the wall like it, it was a neat neat experience yeah i would i would, I would need new pants uh, <laughs> actually, actually one of my favorite pictures ever is from up there at pocono um i have my mechanics wear race gear bag and i'm carrying my helmet and i'm walking towards the um the garages and one of my friends just got a picture of it from the back and it was just a picture that i just thought was so cool you know um all the the worlds that we race in or things that we do it's like the same church but different pew yeah i i raced in um, houston at lion stadium i ended up winning that night from there i had to go to um, california to la to the coliseum for a trade show and i'm driving down down a road and uh I get a, a bus passes me out, and uh, he said, "I'm by myself. You know, I'm kind of all hyped up from dry, from one in." And, uh, he's like, "Hey, what do you have in that trailer?" And it was my tractor trailer, my picture on the side, the monster truck, the name, monster truck racing team, and all. And I'm like, "What are you, freaking idiot? Can't you read?" <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I guess that was kind of stupid." And then the bus passed me. It's a Prevost. I said, "Who do you have in the bus?" He says, uh, "Brad from Three Doors Down. He's a fan of yours." I'm like, "Yeah, okay." Well, Brad gets on the CB. We start talking and. Um, uh, and when you go out, out west, there's not many truck stops out there. Uh, so in Phoenix, there's one called Danny's. It's a real big truck stop. And I was going to go to Danny's, get my rig washed, and then go the rest of the way into L.A. And he said, well, we're playing Cricket Pavilion if you want to come hang out with us. I'm like, yeah, See, i got time. Um, At the time, were you driving the uh, Batman? Uh, it was the T-Max. Okay. That would so, be hilarious if Batman showed up to a, for a band that was known for a song called Kryptonite. Yeah, that would have been good. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get out there, and we're hanging out, and we're talking about how that you know lives are the same but different you know you're, you're living on the road and you're entertaining the fans and you're trying to give everything you can to make them happy and um we uh i put my truck on display at the concert for him he drove my truck he gets out of the truck he's hugging me calls his dad he's like daddy's drove seesaw's monster truck and uh we were bullshit and he's like i always wanted to be a monster truck driver i didn't want to be a rock star i'm like well, that's kind of cool you know so I, I was on stage with him and we became really good friends you know i mean the band guys and uh um, you know, we, it, it was a story we talk about tell all the time. How he just wanted to be a monster truck driver. Yeah. Um, he would come and um, uh, I was in. They're they're writing one of the albums, and I was racing in Chattanooga. And uh, I said, Hey, we're over here. If you want to come over and hang out, well, they stopped writing the album. They came over. We were my guests at the show and everything. And uh, afterwards, we go to, we go to dinner. And we were standing at the at the bar at a restaurant and. Uh, um, People coming over asking me for my autograph and all kinds of stuff, and um, he sat next to me and, and he's laughing at me. I'm like, Dude, don't be laughing. I'll tell everybody who the hell you are, and then it'll be your turn to be doing this stuff. He's like, they have no idea who I am. They don't. They hear my voice. They never see me on TV. You're yeah. on TV every day. Like back then, we were on TV every day. Um, he's like, you are, you're, you're the celebrity, not me. I'm like, that bullshit. Yeah. Well, um, back to Phoenix. When we got to Phoenix, we we're on stage with them. That was the biggest concert at the time, and they had like 19,000 people. You know, I just came from a Lion Stadium with 56,000 people. We should <laughs> yeah. get three doors down and do a Yingling event. That would be cool. That'd be, yeah. Those guys are awesome. And they are, they are some of the, when you talk about people that get it, um, they do. Very humble, um, always never forgetting where he came from, um, down to earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, just good, good-hearted people, you know. Um, we were we were sitting on his tour bus and we we're talking about different things and he was telling me about some what some of the songs meant to him and why they were written and um, 
Oh. Is he a comic book nerd? Uh, no. No? I always thought maybe he was he's super just, into comics because he wrote the Kryptonite. I always uh, latched on the Kryptonite. He, uh, <laughs> he, he's funny. <laughs> I mean, all the more because they, they talk. Um, they're from like Miscataway, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. So like if you go to swamps and make a left, go past nowhere, they're, they're like another mile past that. Yeah. Um, but they just such good, good people. You know, mm-hmm. um, I was at the campground one time. We we're getting on the phone together. And we're bullshitting. And he's like, "What are you doing?" I said, "I'm, you know, sitting having a beer here at the campground." So what are you doing? So I'm shoveling shit, horse barn. They sure as hell don't show that in MTV Cribs, do they? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's that's the type that I meant about having. You know, People not forget where they come from and keeping it, like, keeping it real and yeah. being humble and stuff. Like those guys are just awesome, awesome people. Now another another group of guys you met. Uh, this is where I'm going to fan out a little bit. Uh, I actually seen them just live in Reading, maybe a couple weeks. Actually, the week of my birthday, I seen the like, the day of my birthday, uh, December fifth. He played in Reading in his theater, the Reading Theater. Uh, Steve-O. Oh yeah. He got to hang out with Steve-O and Chris Pontius. Steve-O got to drive the. The yeah. T Max truck. How is it? How is it meeting those guys? Uh, we did, on we, the set of Wild Boys. We've done a bunch of stuff with Jackass and Wild Boys. And, pro- and Nitro Circus too, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I've probably been. I think I was on like four episodes of Jackass and Wild Boys, you know, all together. And the new movie comes out soon. Yeah, that's gonna be cool. I can't wait. I'm a huge um, Jackass fan. <laughs> the guys are guys are cool. Yeah, they're really cool. Um, Steve is awesome now. He's cleaned up and everything. Yeah, I'm um, very happy he is. I hope Bam gets on that same boat. I hope so. Bam's. Yeah. Um, you know, Bam's a good dude. He's yeah. good. He's got a good heart. He just lost his way. So losing his best friend didn't help either. That that sucked. Yeah. Um, I was down. Yeah. That, that, yeah. That, that's how I we, have a lot of people who met Bam, and they said he's a, he's a, he's a nice dude. He just yeah. having his demons, you know. And hopefully, and hopefully we, he beats them. And we all do. Yeah. You know, and it's not easy to be put in that spot. You know, um, it's like I said, it's I got a million great things said about me, and that's awesome. One negative is the one that festers in my brain. And that's the one that pe- people latch onto the negativity, not the positive. You can do a thousand positive things if you have one bad day and you do something or you, you say something that someone doesn't agree with, then everyone latches onto that. It, it kind of sucks yeah. that that's how our society is. Yeah, and, and the same thing with him and Knoxville and them guys. You know, it's you hear one negative, and that's what festers in your head, and especially you, it could be taken out of context. It could be somebody with the edit button just playing a little crazy. You know, so I don't edit anything. And construct it. Oh, Absolutely. great. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, you guys in for disappointment. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, it's, uh, it's amazing how fast things can change. You know, yeah. you can make it, I could say something great and you can edit it to the point where I look like I am going to, you know, I'm the next Antichrist. Yeah. Uh, it's all, all the way you edit it. And, and unfortunately, the more popular you become, the more people like to play off of that. You know, they don't want to think that you're actually real and you're doing something nice. They want to, they have to play the drama card and, make you look like you're the devil or something. Yeah, I, I gave a lot of credit to Travis Shana too because uh, like growing up, obviously Bigfoot was a big thing and then Gravedigger. And then, I mean, this is just my personal thing where I kind of fell off from the from the Monster Truck series for a while. Mm-hmm. And Travis kind of brought light back to it because he would put it on his TV show and he would do the cool Monster Truck things. Like, I didn't know how popular Backflip was. I thought it was just something he tried to do all the time. Like, he was. He tried it. Yeah. Failed. Yeah, <laughs> and I reminded him that when I did mine, yeah. <laughs> I called him up like, "Hey, I just did a backflip. You can't." Nah, nah. Yeah, I went to go um, see my buddy's band in uh, New York, and we ended up getting kicked out because I had somebody with me who got too drunk, and I was like so bummed out. My buddy's like, "Don't worry about it. Travis Pastrana got kicked out the show before you." And I was like, "All right, I'm with the yeah, Nitro Circus. <laughs> yeah, I'm with the Nitro Circus boys." <laughs> those, those, guys, those guys are cool too. Like Travis, uh, he's, the show is fantastic. He's one of a kind. I mean, he really is a good dude. He really. He's got a good heart, man. He comes from a good place. He doesn't forget where he came from. He, he is 
as sincere as he looks, mm -hmm. you know, goofy. Yeah. And nothing good comes about hanging out with him. You know, you, you could have the best intentions, like, yeah, oh, we're going to sit down and have a dinner. Next thing you know, you're out base jumping off a roof someplace. <laughs> he'll find a way to talk you into doing some stupid shit. Um, but it's all in good fun, and he'll make sure you're safe while you're doing it. But yeah. uh, he's just a good, good guy. We were doing, out in Vegas, um, at the World Finals, and we were, I think, I think it was the year when we won the second World Finals. Um, he was out there with us, and he's sitting next to me. We're doing autographs, and he's like, this is so cool. He's like, this is something that he, I need to bring to Nitro Circus, and this is something, it was right in the beginning of when Nitro Circus was talking about being a, being a yeah. show. Um, it, he was just amazed that we took the time to be with the fans, and we were there till 3, 4 in the morning. Yeah, Nitro yeah. Circus, you're going you're gonna to get dirt bikes, you're going to get quads, you're going to get monster trucks, you're going to, like, they, they do it. It's like, it's literally like, it's, it's exactly what the name is. It's Nitro Circus. Like, yeah. It's a little bit of everything. It's super cool. We were going to do some stuff when they were in York, um, but then the plans fell apart because he had to go down to practice at Jumps for Vegas. Yeah. Um, but we had some stuff planned at him and I were going to do down there. That would have been kind of cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, we're going to go back real quick. Uh, the, the one thing I want to definitely talk about, if I, if I don't sit down with you and talk at least this and how this came about, I'd probably kick myself. Um, how did... The Batman truck come about. Does is that is that does DC contact DC. you and say, hey, we want to put the Bat logo on a truck? Because they don't just let anyone put that logo on something. Dude, that contract was about that thick. Yeah. I mean, realistically, uh, that was a Monster Jam truck. Um, the people at Monster Jam and DC Comics were working together on, on designing that that truck. Uh, the body, how it was going to be, and um, a friend of mine who worked for Monster Jam, who, who's passed away now, but he. Uh, he asked me if I'd be interested in, you know, he, th he thought I'd be a good fit for Batman. I'm like, yeah, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. I, I could probably get into this. Um, and and I, I liked it for the fact as a driver, I could see really well in it. So that was another thing I liked. Cause yeah. I, um, but the fact of being Batman, that's that's pretty awesome. Um, they they were they were cool to work with. You know, we would go up to the Javits Center in New York City for, for the toy conventions, and um, I'd have the Batman truck on display up there. And the, the Batmobile would be there uh, out in L.A., uh, Anaheim, California, and um, Phoenix, the stadium in Phoenix. I got introduced in the Batman car, the real one. Um, they wouldn't let me play with no buttons. I couldn't drive it and stuff. They didn't trust me. But it was, they didn't let you pick up the phone? No, they would sit there and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch nothing. Don't get no ideas. I kind of get let. I'm, my mind's always wandering. Yeah. You know, like, hey, squirrel, you know, yeah. so uh, if I see an opportunity to have some fun, I'm like, hmm, mischief. Yeah. And then I go and have some fun, but either I can sit here and behave, don't touch nothing, don't think nothing. Don't. And we're talking the 1966 Adam West. The original. Batman. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there was, I, th I think that show had a copter, a motorcycle and sidecar, and then the car were the two, like the main, and Batgirl had a, bi a bike. I yeah. believe as well. They, they were like the big vehicles from that show. Mm -hmm. But obviously, the the '66 Batmobile is the one that oh, everyone talks about. Just like getting near it and looking at it, that thing is so cool. I mean, the trucks would give me an I've opportunity. Never seen it in person, that'd be one. Even if well, it's a replica, I would be really excited it's sweet. to see it. Yeah, it's, yeah I, it's so tempting to play with buttons. Yeah. I think the closest I ever got to a, a cool vehicle, I think it came to one of the malls, and my uncle took me. Was the the Monster Mobile mm -hmm. that well, was that used to make the rounds? I think the guy who owned the Monster Mobile then ended. Owning one of the Batmobiles, and he would take them all over the place. Yeah, a couple of guys have some a bunch of touring vehicles now. They go around to different 
yeah. venues and stuff. a big thing. Like they would bring them like the, the local malls and mm -hmm. everything and farm show. Yeah, and we don't have malls for that kind of stuff anymore, so you don't no. see that anymore. Yeah. No, you should take them out to the woods for bush parties. That would yeah. be the best place that way. Yeah, <laughs> it's now more it's more like, grassroots. You <laughs> see them in like in the cons, like comic cons and stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, definitely the Batman thing. I never knew that the guy who drove the Batman truck was from my county, obviously. But that's that's the big thing with monster trucks is it's kind of like what makes your truck stand out. Bigfoot, it was the blue paint. That mm -hmm. blue paint just was alluring to your eye. All it really was was a blue truck with a big American flag on it. Mm -hmm. I used to coincide co Bigfoot with Hacksaw Jim Duggan for some reason as yeah. a kid because the American flag and it just looked like he had the same color Ma trunks. American made. American made. Uh, Grey Digger obviously had the, the, skulls. The, the skulls and the cool, like the, the way it had a different shell to the back. It didn't look like any mm -hmm. other thing you've seen before. Uh, the thing that got me back in the monster trucks was when they, they start doing the Hulk Hogan at the big show, or the, the, the giant, yeah. and, and the truck had the big arms. Samson. Yeah, the big arms that came around. Um, I believe there was one that had like a dog face to it with the big teeth. Mm -hmm. like, like that's what makes it stand out. So when you'd go to the store, obviously if your kid's going to buy a toy or a micro machine or a... Um, uh, the Hot Wheels, they want the one that just doesn't look like a truck with big wheels on it. They want it to stand out. And then that's where kind of, you would see the Batman one all the time because why wouldn't you want a Batmobile? And it had it kind of had the uh, the Michael Keaton flare wings to mm -hmm. the, on the back a little bit. I don't, did it have we, ears? No, no it ears. It just had the flare on the back. Well, it had, it had runners that came up over the top and kind of came down. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't really ears. It was more of a... Like the bat, like the Batmobile. Yeah, it had those, the, that kind of off of that style mm -hmm. of a body. Yeah, it reminded uh, me a lot of the Michael Keaton or the the Tim Burton Batmobile style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we put flamethrowers on it, which was cool, um, which caused me a lot of grief, but it yeah. was cool. <laughs> um, that the whole that whole thing, like, they were so um, the DC comic, the Batman logo was so well protected. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't have nothing within so many inches of it. Um, they had DC had would say what went on a truck, what didn't. Um, when we won the first world championship, actually we won the second world championship on a roof between the two runners, they had a big decal made that said uh, uh, two-time Monster Jam World Racing Champion 2007-2008. Uh, and the, the legality of trying to get that put on there was so hard because it went, had to go through all, so many different legal um Well, you think they would things. want that because you're showing yeah. that you're a DC that comic sponsored car as a two-time champion. Yeah, and they did. They wanted it, but there's so many hands in the pot of deciding, okay, yeah. we, we want this font different. We make, Can we have this slid over two inches? Or, you know, like, it was very specific when it came to that truck of what, how, how Batman was represented. Now, I'm thinking 2007, 2008. So you're, you're hitting big as, as the Michael, uh, not Michael, uh, the Christian Bale Batman When, when the motorcycle came out. What, the what? When the motorcycle came out. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. The, that was when Christian Bale was Batman in the movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you're, you're, you're driving the truck at the time with those movies and that franchise. Because Batman Begins was 2005. I think that went to like 2009, 2010, because it was a three-movie trilogy. So you were actually right when like... Batman, Heath Ledger, and the Joker were coming about. Yep. That was, so that was like that was a hot time to be driving anything or have anything with Batman on it. We were up at the Javits Center and we had the my truck on display and uh, did the motorcycle and the car on display, mm -hmm. uh, which was so cool. I got to sit in the car for a picture and I got to sit on the motorcycle and it's just it was some neat stuff. <laughs> now having having the you're forever attached with with Batman because mm -hmm. of that truck and winning two championships. Is have you ever met any Batmans or anything with DC comic related or have any experiences in that or stories? Um, Batman out there. I'm out in um, Sacramento, California, and we're doing a meet and greet and uh, a huge autograph line. It was it was massive, and 
this guy walked down with a Batman outfit on. Um, didn't say nothing to nobody. Like, it was creepy. Like, he just walked right down the sidewalk, walks up to me and says, thank you for representing me. Mm -hmm. Turned around and walked away. And I'm like, no, you get back here. Yeah. <laughs> we, we need to talk. We need a picture. There... He had the full Batman thing on. Um, he had the voice down path, and, and he had the persona of, of Batman. It was creepy to see this. It, I wonder if it's the guy who... He, he made like a career, I, mean, I think he, for a, a minute there, DC at first was going to like, because he was going a little overboard with it, but he, he would go to like children's hospitals and he would show, because I think he had like a legit car and everything, and he would go to all these different events for children and he would be Batman. He wouldn't come out of character. Yeah, and he stays in character the whole time, so I, it might be that same guy, but any time that you have the permission to use that logo and permission to... to, to grace the bat signal i mean there, there's been documentaries about how that signal and how that character has has transcended for anyone yeah, there's, there's a lot to that logo we had that like when they were for introductions at the beginning of the show um they had a, a bat logo and they had a, a huge light and my crew guy would shine it up on the roof of the stadium yeah and and then that was my introduction you know, i come flying out of the tunnel and stuff uh, would you use like the like the, the music from the movies or anything uh, like that yeah 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 it was cool it, the, the whole atmosphere around that it was neat when i when i won the world championship um i didn't know what to do you know because you, you all your life you want to be at that pinnacle but then when it happens it's like shit now what you know i didn't plan for this part i wanted to be there but i didn't plan what happened afterwards so i started doing donuts to, to try to calm down i'm doing donuts in the middle of the stadium and people are cheering and stuff and I, i'm like okay i need to get out of the truck now somehow so i i get out i stop the truck and I crawl on the roof of the truck, throw my hands in the air, and cheers and all that stuff. And the the Batmobile had a the front had these little the hood was kind of rounded, then it kind of came up. Mm -hmm. So I slid down the windshield, down through the the rounded part off the hood, like it was just like a big sliding board, and came right down. It was it was pretty cool. Yeah. Now monster truck, there's there's different uh, events and things that go on. Obviously, there's the freestyle, then there's like a race. Mm -hmm. uh, walk us through. Your 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 because you you had to go against obviously a pretty big name. Uh, oh, for the world final. For the world finals, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what happens out there? Uh, it's in Las Vegas at Sam Boyd Stadium. You're doing almost 70 miles an hour in a 10,000 pound truck with a chicane in it, and you're missing the walls by like inches. And you only got like a couple hundred yards to go. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's like, only the size of like a, normally like. It's a, a football, football field. You start yeah. in the parking lot, and, yeah. and you race. By the time the fans see us, they can hear you coming. When they see you, you're wide open, and. Uh, um, the, you as you progress through those uh, rounds, a lot of things heat up. So like your brake fluid's getting hotter and like, things you wouldn't think of normally. And you're pretty much focused in that truck. The first one, it came down to uh, Dennis and I, Dennis Anderson, Grave Digger, mm -hmm. in the World Finals. Um, so you're going against, at this time, the, the Jordan of, I mean, Dennis, when it comes to the name of like, the brand name of Monster Truck, you're going against the top guy. He will always be the man. Yeah. You know, no matter what. Uh, and he's, he's a good dude. Mm -hmm. um, he was the reigning champion, so it was, and it was his 25th anniversary. He had this big, fancy chrome truck that he was driving and stuff, and uh, it came down to him and I. Um, he had lane choice, and he he put, he put took the lane that he liked, but he also put me in the lane that I liked, um, that I had my fastest times and stuff in it. Um, we, came, we came down through, and uh, we, when you make a pass at, the, at that speed in that stadium, when you're done, you're like shake like, yeah, that was pretty cool, yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's pretty heart-wrenching to go down that fast. Um, he ended up hitting a pole, but I had him by like a truck, truck and a half when I crossed the finish line. Um, and in the, in the stands, some of the safety guys, uh, we had a, we, 
you race this way, you go in, and then you come out to one side. Uh, one of our, our bosses was up in the stands there, and he would give you a thumb, you point and give you a thumbs up if you won, or give you a thumbs down if you lost, so you knew if you came back the next round. So I, I you know, spinning the truck around, and I look up, and he went, I'm like, Shit, now what? <laughs> so you didn't even know at that time you... Because, um, you, yeah, you could only see... You could see this. Yeah. I mean, I seen him coming around a corner, and once I got the truck... We came in the corner pretty much pushed together, and once I got the truck somewhat in control, I just stood on that thing for all it was worth. And, uh, yeah. Um, and I could see both of us flying in the air, but I thought I was ahead of him, but I wasn't sure. And um, I got the thumbs up that I won, and I, you know, now what? You know, if you dream about that all your life of being number one, number one in the world. And you don't hear the PA system over the truck, like them announcing you as the champion? Oh, no. I just got the thumbs up, and I'm like, shit. You know, I, I didn't know what to do next. Yeah. You know, so I started doing donuts. <laughs> just, you know, people do donuts because it's cool. I was doing it to try to calm down. Yeah. So I, I try to get a game plan. Were you emotional under the helmet? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. To the, um, I, uh, I'll show you a video after we're done. Um, it's to uh, Three Doors Down, Let Me Be Myself, that mm -hmm. song. And the video is about the two world championships. And uh, there was so much. I'm going to crying like a little bitch here now. because No, it's, <laughs> a, it's an accomplishment, um, man. It's really cool. The, the first year I won, um, there was so many um, there was stuff going on in Afghanistan and all that stuff. And I had soldiers, a soldier come to me in a pit party. He gave me a T-shirt that he had from his, his crew. They were guarding one of the embassies. And it was five of them that were going to come to that venue. Only one made it. The other four weren't able to make it. And he's, he asked me if I'd wear a shirt. I'm like, hell yeah. I took off. You know, I had, I don't know how many people around us waiting for an autograph. And um, took off my, my T-shirt, and I gave him my Batman shirt, and he gave me his crew shirt, his uh, team shirt. I had that, that on. And my pockets were full of gifts from fans wishing good luck, like $2 bills and little notes and, like, all trinkets and stuff. Um, after we won, I jumped in the stands with the fans, and it was just emotional. Yeah, crying like a little bitch. Yeah, the whole time. I just, it, it just for me being the nerd and and, and just like I said, like it sounds corny, but like the character of Batman and and that everything about what that stands for, it, it makes it even cooler and like. Oh, it, it like even Batman gets, be Gravedigger, man. <laughs> like it, it gets worse because the, the next year I won. Um, yeah, I'm, rep I'm we're doing the circuit, and I'm I'm the reigning world champion. You know. Um, I, I, every week I would always, I did a lot with Make-A-Wish, um, visit, hospital visits, all this stuff. And we were down in Texas and I got a phone call from my, one of my bosses said, Hey, we have a, um, a, a Make-A-Wish that we want you to go, that wants to meet you down in Galveston. And I'm like, yeah, okay, no problem. I'll get some programs and I'll drive down. All the way down, I'm driving and they're on my phone. Like, Hey, you there yet? Are you okay? And all this stuff. And I'm like, man, no, I'm not there yet. Calm down. You know? And, um, they were just more more on top of it than normal. I'm like, yeah, something, something's weird going on. But I'm like, yeah, I blew it off. I pull in, in front of the house and um, I get this weird feeling. So I, I call them, like, look, I'm here. I'm going ready to walk in. They're like, okay, just um, do the best you can do. I'm like, okay, not, not a problem. I walk in and it turns out his name Josh, 12-year-old boy, he uh, was, Mom and dad were divorced. He was at an outside campfire. One of his dad's buddies threw gas and kerosene on a fire. Oh. It blew up and it came down and landed on top of him. 98% um, of his body's burnt. Um, he has no fingers, the bones are sticking out, no ears, no eyebrows, no nose. Like, it's, it's something that you see on, on 
overall. Like, mm -hmm. This was this was the severe case, and he was still leaking and everything. He's all bandaged up, and uh, so I knelt down next to him. And I'm talking to him and you know having, trying to make light of everything. And I said, you know, I said we're racing up here tomorrow. I said well, if it's okay, your parents and your doctor, what if you come up and hang out with us? And uh, you know he, he wasn't sure and. Uh, I said, well, it's up to them. I said, it's up to your parents. You know, you got to make sure everything's cool, um, and we'll, uh, you know, we'll get a suite up there. We'll make sure it's sterilized. And you know, you come Why? Because obviously, obviously, he's yeah. hearing protection and stuff. Yeah. yeah. So we'll make it. We'll make it a good time. So they end up agreeing, and he ends up coming up before the show. You always did pit parties. So you come down, meet the trucks, meet the, see the trucks, meet the drivers. You know, Reliance it was like seventeen thousand people at the pit party, and before I had to go down and. and to that, I was in the suite with him, and so why don't you come on down with me? And he's like, no, I can't. I'm like, no, you can. If I could go down, you could go down. And he's like, no, I'm embarrassed. I'm like, dude, that's mm. why. He's like, well, look at me. I'm like, you were in an accident, and this happened to you, which sucks, but it was an accident. I was born this way, and I'm going down in the public. <laughs> if I can do this, you can do this. He starts laughing and stuff. And I said, well, I'll tell you what, if, if you want to, I'd like to have you down there. If not, I'll see you when I'm done. So um, he ends up coming down you know, halfway through the pit party. And he's by my side and shit, which was way cool. Yeah. Um, I ended up winning the, the event. After the event, I'm up in the suite with him. And I said, I said what finals is coming up? If, I said, I know it's hard because you, you're in a lot of pain and everything. Do everything the doctors say. And get permission from your mom and dad and you know you, you do everything you got to do and fight this and um, if you want we'll fly out to world to the world finals for to make a make a wish stuff. And this is, it would have been your second championship yeah yeah so we uh, everything falls in place um, we're able to fly him out there we're able to get a special van for him and um, that one day during that event it's a whole week event the one day is for make a wish only so all the make a wish kids come and that the whole day is all about them. You know, we're with them, everything. And um, we're kind of hanging out, and he's like, I got a surprise for you. I'm like, cool, I'm hungry, can I eat it? And he's like, no, you can't eat it. I'm like, dude, come on, man, I'm fat, I'm hungry, it's hot out here, how about, is it something I could drink? Yeah. And, and I'm just trying to tease him a little bit, and he's like, no, no, I got, he kept on teasing me, he's a surprise for me. So when do I get it? He's like, when it's time. I'm like, you know what? If it wasn't for the fact that I know you could beat me up, I'd kick your butt right now, because yeah. I don't like surprises. So. A little bit goes by, and um, he gets his dad over, and uh, he ends up standing up and walking. That was his surprise. Yeah, it was the first time he walked since his accident. Oh man! So I'm I'm watching this, bawling like a bitch. Everybody around her is crying like like there's no tomorrow, and all the drivers are there and they're they all see this shit. He walks over to my truck, and at my truck is a um, like a director's chair. He hops in it and sits there. So. I, I walk over to him and stuff, and um, I sit down with him, and uh, I'm hugging him, and I said, you did this for me. He's like, yeah, this is my surprise my surprise for you. I said, well, I'm going to win this tonight for you. And me being an asshole that I am, I just promised to win a world championship for somebody. <laughs> for a and after I got done saying that, I'm thinking, oh, you dick. You know, like, it's hard enough winning a race, let alone winning a world championship. Is there, is it, like, I, I'm sorry if I'm comparing it again to NASCAR, but like, is there like points throughout the year and then point system goes to a finals and then a, like, how, how do you, how do you go through, is there a season? How do you get to a world championship? It's, it's, it's a season, um, first quarter. So it's January, February, March. Um, uh, it's, certain trucks automatically get put in. 
you know, Gravedigger, Maximum Destruction. They're it's a little bit like who the, the big names. Yeah, they're all in. automatically in. Yeah. Um, everybody else has to kind of show their worth to, to get there. Mm -hmm. um, we uh, we end up we're back because we're reigning champions, and we were kicking butt. You know, we we won. I think the last year I raced, I won like eighty-seven percent all my races. Wow. Yeah, I, we were we were doing pretty good. Um, so I end up. I promise I'm going to win this thing. And uh, my heart stopped because I realized I'm an idiot. And I promised something that's probably not going to happen. Uh, we start racing. I'm strapped in my truck, and my crew guys are there. And I, yeah, every, every round we're we're going winning winning the rounds. I'm going to the next one. I park and I'm like, okay, who do, who do we have next? Do you have so-and-so? like, okay, what lane do we have? You have lane choice. Okay, give me this lane, you know, and making these calls. And uh, I'm so focused on what I'm doing, we end up racing, I come back into the pits. I'm like, uh, who's next? And my crew chief's like, you won. I'm like, okay, who's next? I'm like, you won. I'm like, I got it. What lane do we have? They're like, get out of the truck, you asshole. You, you just won the world championship. Who was your last race against? Uh, Bounty Hunter. Bounty Hunter. Yeah. Um, I'm like, oh, well, I didn't know that because <laughs> I'm so already. You were so in the zone. I had no idea we you won. Even, you didn't even know you were on the you final race. You were still one round at a time. Yeah. And uh, so Cody, my crew chief, and I, we go running out. Uh, on the video I'll show you, you can see us running out from the um, like a back office because the I didn't take the truck on the floor because I already had it parked back there. And we come running out. Well, I end up jumping in the stands and with the fans. And they always call me the people's champion. Mm -hmm. So I, I was in the, in the stands. Um, I happened to jump in right where Josh was to make a wish kid. It wasn't planned by any means. Um, I jump in right where he was and uh, I'm hugging him and stuff. I'm like, I did this for you and I'll share shit. But yeah, it was emotional. Mm -hmm. Well, how, how is he currently? He's awesome. Yeah. He's got a family. He has a son. Um, he, he's doing kicking ass. Awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. Yeah, just a small, a small fan interaction, man. He's gonna have that forever. Like, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if you, if you well, follow me on Facebook and stuff. I always write about how I feel, and I always did that when I was racing full time. Um, I always wrote blogs and everything because it's people think that you're doing that or you're on TV or whatever. You have no problems, and problems are just as real as everybody else's. Yeah. Um, and I used to write and let people, yeah, you know, I life sucks sometimes, you know. Um, one of the one of my fans, Connor, when I first met him, he's like four years old. His mom just posted a bunch of pictures on my page. He wasn't supposed to make it very long, um, and now he just turned. Uh, he's graduating high school. Um, he every time I felt bad about myself, like I was trying to have, give myself a little pity party. Like uh, this sucks. I can't believe I'm going through this. He would call, and just like he knew, like he would knew that I need a kick in the ass. Yeah, fuck up. To quit being a bitch. Some, someone has it worse. Yeah. Yeah. And like every time, like even to this day, like he he called the other day, and he just knows when I'm being a little bitch, and he banks me. Check. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, it's fans like that, like people like that that stay with you forever. Like there's another kid out in California, Drew. Um, he, like, he I can't say kid. He looks like a kid, but he's 26 years old. But he, he, I could carry him in one arm. He's mm -hmm. just, and we would. He was always a big grave digger and maximum destruction fan. So we would have a, a bet every time I was there. If I if I won, he had to wear his grave digger shirt inside out. If <laughs> he won, I had to wear my Batman shirt or whatever shirt I had on inside out. Um, so then there's a picture of me hugging him. His shirt's inside out, and 
that was on TV and stuff, and they were asking, why is his shirt inside out? Uh, because I beat his hero. Yeah, because so I, <laughs> I kicked his ass. <laughs> um, and then people would ask me, why is my shirt on? I said, because I lost. You know, yeah. and a bet's a bet. You know, you, you make a promise, you keep a promise. That's super cool, man. Well, I, I, <laughs> I'm well, sorry if we're going on a tangent here. No, no, this is amazing. I'm so happy about this. Um, when did you get out of um, monster truck racing? And, and, and we'll kind of get into current day and starting uh -oh. your business. Probably, uh, I think 2015 or 16 was the last time I drove full-time. Um, the, 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 uh, the sport was bought by somebody and it kind of changed directions a little bit. Um, so some of the older guys were getting passed up a little bit. Yeah. And I was part of that whole thing. Um, still a part of it. You know, we have my, this chassis here is behind a shop. We're gonna, my son bought it. Which one? This one. Uh, the that was Sudden Impact. That was the one I raced on TV all the time, was Sudden Impact. So you still have the Sudden Impact? That's out, that's out back here. Where is the Batman one currently? Is um, that like in the Hall of Fame or sorry? No, the, bodies, uh, the body pieces are all over the place. Oh, really? The chassis was retired because that was a special chassis because it fit the body. Um, the, uh, yeah, it's, just, it's gone. Yeah, um, that's a shame. Yeah. But, I mean, there's it, pieces everywhere. Mm -hmm. uh, the pieces I had, I gave away to a lot of fans. Um, actually, even my trophies now, I, I have a lot of trophies, and uh, we're, we're at, my son's going to raffle them off on Facebook, and the money's going to go to make to make a wish. Yeah. Uh, so we could, you know, do all that. Mm -hmm. um, that, but my son bought that chassis back, and we're going to restore that. My oldest boy um, is building a chassis. It's actually in the back of the shop here that we're I'm helping him with, and it's his design, his plans. I'm going to help him make sure he doesn't make a lot of. Does he want to race? Oh yeah. So he wants to he wants to follow in the footsteps to be a monster truck driver. Yeah, that's sick. Yeah, um, and we have some wood trucks here that we we have some cool stuff that we're building up here. Um, we have a lot. So of, when they come locally, you still you, you still go to the events. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, friends with everybody. Yeah, the, there'll be guys here. I'm using the shop. You know, we have a twelve thousand square foot building here, so um, guys will come in. Like, hey, we're in the area. You know, we, it's okay. We swing by. Yeah, they come in. And trucks will be in there, and um, that's back to being like a big. Kid in a yeah. candy store, you know. What, what is the what is the lifestyle of a monster driver in between circuits and and um, we is don't, it like being a rock star? We don't know yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm 56. And I'm still walking upright. Yeah, we're doing it. I feel that I, I could hop in and be competitive racing. Yeah. Right now. Um, my allergies are killing me. Um, but I don't. We don't know. I mean, it, all the older guys are. Kind of in, kind of out, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Are you still in contact with with everybody? Yeah, I. Uh, this year we were down in uh, Outer Banks last year, and uh, there's a, a restaurant out out there on the, on the Outer Banks that um, we used to go to all the time. Dennis would, Grave Digger would go there all, a lot, and he has his um, sign hanging up there and some autographed dollar bills. So I did my own and hung it over top of his. <laughs> Um, autographed one of my, t my crew shirts and set it down there. And Is that, that 25th anniversary still bug him? Uh, I, He's won a lot, but I mean, know, obviously the 25th one was the, would have been the special one, but... Our eagles are bigger than the trucks we drive. Yeah. Yeah, we would, ra <laughs> we would race for a pack of bubblegum. It wouldn't matter. Um, and you wouldn't win any chance you have. And it would, you know, that one had a, a, that one was a long time comp. You don't beat Batman. That's all there is to it. No. He's no, Batman's a shit. Yeah, he doesn't lose. Um, well, he, <laughs> did, he does, but uh, he doesn't take it well. <laughs> um, there is a, on t we were racing on TV on TNN, actually with the Sun Impact truck, and uh, um, 
you know, we were talking about lo local stuff, and we were up at Bloomsburg. Tom Entz and I were fighting on TV all the time. We, we, like you asked me before, if I, do you hit somebody on purpose? Yeah. Y yeah. Um, sometimes you swing the back end of the truck over and tag somebody else's truck just to, to be a dick, you know, to make a point. Um, and show them that you're there or do a donut and cover their truck in dirt. And, yeah. Um, just to make your point across. And Tom was on his 38 win streak. And nobody able to get near him. Um, I ended up taking him out in, in the Astrodome. I, I beat him and ended that, that winning streak of his. And it was on uh, TNN, TNN, I think. Um, and all the drivers, the whole show stopped. Uh, the, all the drivers came over. They got, when I got out of the truck, they're cheering and high-fiving and stuff. It was, Took down the giant. Yeah, because nobody could, nobody could beat him. He was unstoppable at that time. And I was uh, lucky enough to pull off a win. Um, but that summer we were racing at Bloomsburg, and Tom's up there, and he calls me on the phone. He's like, dude, get over here. I'm like, you know, what's wrong? Like, hey, we're friends, I mean, but... You know, we were, you know, you argue and stuff like that. I'm like, well, what's wrong? He's like, I'm getting my ass kicked. Get over here. I'm like, okay. So I go back to the pits. He's up against the trailer at his back, and there's three ladies from Frackville. They live up at a little league field. <laughs> Have him pinned up against the trailer, poking him in the chest. Don't you be picking on our Johnny. And just screaming at him. And, and he couldn't get away because they were going to kick the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. And I'm standing back kind of laughing at him. And he's like, save me. Get over here. Yeah, you don't mess with Skokes, man. Yeah. It, was, it was awesome. Uh, so I, I just want to say, the Monster Truck Racing Association, the MTRA, Sportsman of the Year, uh, 97, 98, and 2000. Um, mm -hmm. the, the Sportsman of the Year, is that, is, that, what, is that just for accomplishments on track, or a sportsman, sportsman just a good sportsman? Good, good sp sportsmanship, yeah. like a humanitarian type of thing. So like your work with the fans and stuff like that? Yeah, and the drivers and all that. Yeah, the uh, USHRA Sportsman of the Year, 2001, the MTRA Most Improved Team in 1999, the... Uh, MTRA Safety Award 2000, the USR, uh, USHRA World Finalist 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003, 2007, 8, 9, and 10. Mm. So you, you hung out there on top for a long time. <laughs> a little bit. And then the uh, USHRA Monster Jam Racing Champion in 2000, 2007 and 2008. So oh. your accomplishments speak for themselves when it comes to your, your craft and your sport. And, and it's, it's awesome that, you know, born and raised Schuylkill County, Frackville, Pennsylvania, and and you represented the area, man. That's awesome. And I, you represented Batman, so that's a twofer, man. <laughs> I, I'd always brag about the call region and the ethics and the morals of people around here. You know, I've been all over the place, and there's no place like home. You know, here, there's nowhere else you would go that if somebody's house was on fire, that everybody would get together and give them clothes and food yep. and stuff like that. I, 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 lost um, a, I lost a house myself, and it happened the exact same way. Everyone banded together and helped us out. Yeah, I mean, you don't find that anywhere. I mean, there. And I bragged every week on TV about how much the call region is and how much it meant to me and how good it's always to come home, you know. And I tried really hard to, I, a lot of people don't even know I, I race sponsor trucks because um, I never wanted to be an asshole. I didn't want to brag and all that shit. So I was really careful where my truck was seen around because I didn't want to have it shoved down anybody's throat. I didn't want to act like a jerk. Um, I'm proud of what I did, but I didn't want to be that guy. It's, it's a mentality in this area because you don't want to come off that way, but you also want to be proud to be like, here's where I'm from. Cause, but you don't want that one person to be like, oh, he, he's just he's rubbing it like he made it out. Like, no, like I, I want to make it out, but I want to make it out and say like this is where I'm from, and anyone else could, like you want to inspire other people to make it out as well. When when I won the first one, um, they flew me back to Chicago to do autographs. I had autographed a bunch of posters and all that stuff. Well, I didn't know, but my my crew guys were driving the truck here to town, what was left of it anyway, um, for a parade. Cause I always thought it'd be so cool to come home and have a parade and all that shit. And uh, my sister picked me up at the airport. We got into Frackville, 
and there was my what was left of my truck on the back of a low, low boy in town and the fire trucks were there and it, um, at Romans they had a party for me and uh, um, Monster Jam reps were there and there and they had a bunch of handouts and I got it was a cool it was a dream come true yeah to come home and be honored for your accomplishments of what you've what you've done man yeah it was something I always dreamed about never thought it'd be possible but it was yeah. Sweet. I mean, it's always it's great to win the championship twice, but I think the sports from the year speak for themselves of, of your fan interaction mm -hmm. and how you always gave back to the people and, and the make a wish. Yeah, and I, again, I'm getting all teary eyed, so if you make fun of me, I'm going to kick you right in the nuts. No, no, I, I think it's beautiful, <laughs> man. I seriously do. I, 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 it, it's good to give people their roses while they're still here, and, I, and I'm, uh -oh. I'm really happy we got to sit down and talk. Um, but obviously, you know, you still want to compete. You have someone coming up to the ranks. Your son's mm -hmm. going to possibly be doing it to keep an eye out. But uh, you do have a local business, BlackRock mm -hmm. uh, Trucks and Equipment. What exactly do you guys do here? And, and We do everything here, which is way cool. Like, I wanted a place that um, people think it's kind of cool for having a monster truck champion, builder stuff, or designer stuff. Um, we, uh, uh, we do everything from Englewood's. Uh, new squad that they have. We built that here. Uh, we do inspections and repairs and oil changes, all that normal stuff. But a lot of the jacked up Jeeps and trucks that you see driving around came out of here. Yeah. You see the little Black Rock logo on the bottom. Um, we have a guy that just. Jacking up the, the Chrysler. We could do that. We can make it look really cool. <laughs> um, you know, the tenant windows. You know, I mean, we do everything. You yeah. know, um, we have people that we work with that, um, that, that, take, that, that do the tinting that does. Um, uh, detailing and stuff like that, but uh, you know, say if you had a, uh, this is a Jeep for example, you have a Jeep and you come in here and you want to lift it up, I'll sit down and talk to you and see what you want to do with it and we'll build it for, like I'll try to get you what your vision is and try to make it happen. I mean we've had people come in here that we built their vehicle and we brought them in the show, into the shop and showed it and they were, broke down in tears. So you're like the school county version of like Pit My Ride? Yeah. Yeah. So we're a lot like cool. the, Ar the Orange County choppers, but but we're a lot cooler. And, we're yeah. a lot cooler. We're much cooler, school County. Yeah, <laughs> and we're building neat shit. <laughs> yeah, um, it yeah something like that. I mean, but we do everything I, I, just to make for the shop, like the inspections and brake jobs and all that stuff. A lot of front end alignments and everything. Mm -hmm. um, but. We do all, all kind of custom stuff. Yeah, so definitely we'll have the links below. So if you are watching this, please uh, go down to the bottom and uh, check out the Facebook link. I'll have all your social medias and links, and you can you can hit them up and get your get your work done. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. kind of. I mean, we do some cool stuff, and we got an awesome shop here. Uh, you want to keep on following us because there's some big things happening in the future with our location that people are going to want to be part of. And it's going to bring some good attention to the county. Awesome. I'm very excited for that. Uh, I just want to pull up real quick my, because um, I didn't do it last episode, and I, it's part of the thing that I, I, I give them some love. But we do have, uh, if you guys want to support us, uh, we do have the Facebook, all of our social media. You can go follow us. Um, we have the merchandise page where you can support us there, as, as well as our Patreon subscribers. So as it's loading, um, is there anything else you want to plug or get out there before we, we wrap this up? I think you do an awesome job. Thank you, man. I really appreciate it. I mean, it. it's cool. There is so much awesome things around our area that nobody knows about. Uh, for whatever the reason may be, uh -huh. there's a lot of talent here. Um, there's a lot of cool things that are started in the coal region that you don't have anywhere else. Yeah. And what you're doing, bringing that to everybody's attention, I think is awesome. I, I don't have a journalist degree. I don't, I just kind of, I guess got to be real. I think I'm a good conversationalist and I try to replicate having that ballroom conversation at any place and just kind of bringing it to light and unedited and just have a, a pure conversation with somebody. I've done thousands and thousands of interviews um, live in front of audiences, on TV, all kinds of stuff. And the one thing they always said was just be yourself and mm -hmm. be real. And like, that's how we were 
with the fans. You know, the people deserve to have a real person, not somebody reading the script, not somebody who's trying to blow smoke up your ass. They yeah. want real people, and what you're doing is awesome because you're that barroom conversation is what it's all about. Mm -hmm. You know, kicking back, chilling, just you know, being um, the person that you are. And I think that that's going to be the the key to making you successful with your stuff is awesome. I, I watch your stuff all the time. And I appreciate that. It means a lot. Um, yeah. we, we, I do podcasts probably one every three, four weeks. Um, you know, we did one the other night that was just phenomenal. Um, and watching your stuff is cool because it's just, it's real. It's down to earth. It's backyard. You're touching base with people that nobody would know about. Like Bob, Bobby's awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, he's the one you did last down there in Monty City. Uh, Guys like him. I'm just happy I got to sit down. But I, I, didn't, I didn't think that conversation was ever going to happen. No, it was so close to not happening. Mm -hmm. That meant that one meant a lot, and the fact that people supported. Uh, so if you are watching and you made it this far, a share goes a long way. Hitting that share button, hit like, letting people know this exists. It, it, it goes because I don't I don't pay algorithms to make me go out there. And like mm -hmm. I said, for over a thousand people to watch and seen that overall on all platforms to see Bobby's story. I mean, it's awesome that it was our platform that it did it, but to getting his story out there, just like this story, and, and people seeing your your senior accomplishments and seeing your your homegrown well, school county, it's awesome. We were driving. I was driving a grinder for Advanced Auto Parts representing them and I didn't have like you didn't have to like my page to see it um, and a lot of people did like oh I have a you know, thousand likes or a hundred thousand likes that's cool but I'd rather how many people are actually looking at it yeah so it, mine was 11 days over a year and I have over a million views yeah and that meant so much to advance auto parts and myself that there's actually um, over a million people looking at my my stuff yeah, I mean I don't the, the numbers of likes doesn't mean nothing. Like doesn't that doesn't not say that doesn't mean anything. But the people who comment and say, "Hey, I really enjoyed that," or the people who yeah. reach out and that, 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 and, and resharing it and stuff. That, that means a lot. Yeah. But yeah. we want to thank our Patreon subscribers. Uh, uh, Bridget, I'm going to butcher her last name. Uh, uh, Nina Nina Richer, uh, Andrew Hare, Greg Reese, Andrew, Anthony. Oh uh, yeah, Anthony. Heidi Blackwell, Ryan Galato from the Fuel by Haas podcast, Kelly from Crystal Mountain Healing, Tommy Borsrath, Tree of Life Metaphysical Shop, Brad Zalonis, Higher Than Other Words, and Jay Hoare. Thank you guys all for your support on Patreon. It helps us out so, so much. Um, we are doing a contest giveaway. We have a, a Yeti. What is the new name? Because we call it koozies and it makes Colster? a Colster, a Yeti Colster. It's a custom one that we had made for banging beers. Uh, there's a giveaway going on. Anyone who subscribes to Patreon from now to the end of February is in the running to do that. If you subscribe for $10 or more, we, we we put you in the running for a free t-shirt every month, so it's really exciting. But that's all I got on my end. Thank you guys so much for interviews with everyday people watching this on season four, kicking it off once again with a great one. Thank you so much, John, for, Thanks for, having for me, doing man. this. I, I definitely want to, we have to touch back because you have a lot more stories I want to touch on with you. <laughs> yeah. But I think this is a good starting point yeah. for people to know. I'd so be honored. The name pops up. We can just, just go right to the stories and have some fun. Yeah, not a problem, buddy. Thank awesome. you, sir. Thank you so I much. Appreciate it. We're out of here.